Freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, one and all. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on the Republic Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. The network's website, republicbroadcasting.org. Today is Saturday, May 3rd, 2014. We have a jam-packed, information-filled show ready to go for you here this evening on What on Earth is Happening. Tonight on the show, I'm going to be getting into a breakdown of the two entrenched polarizing paradigms that are part of a Hegelian dialectical approach. And these two paradigms, these polarizing paradigms are uh, related to creation and related to human origins. And I'm going to try to explain to people how these two imbalanced paradigms lead to the continuation of human slavery and human manipulation. So that's coming up on the show tonight. I'm also going to take your calls in the second half of the show. I'll give the call-in number for those who want to get in the call queue right off the bat. The call-in number to join us here on What on Earth is Happening, 800 313 Once again, the call-in number to join us. 800-313-9443. I have a few event announcements before we get started. I want to thank uh, absolutely from the bottom of my heart, uh, Jordan Maxwell for appearing last week on What on Earth is Happening. He did a great interview right here last week. For those who didn't get a chance to check it out, uh, do go to the whatonearthishappening.com podcast archive, the radio show archive, and uh, you could check out uh, what Jordan had to say on the show last week. Uh, I've been getting a lot of great feedback about that show, uh, really happy with how it went, and uh, once again, I want to thank Jordan Maxwell for uh, graciously uh, extending his time to me for that interview. There are a few new things on the um, whatonearthishappening.com website. If you go to the news section, you could check out a couple of new interviews that I've done. I was on Truth Warrior with David Whitehead last week. I was also on Occult Empire with Bob from Cincinnati. Two really uh, good interviews that I'm very happy with how they went and a uh, lot of good information in there. 
So um, uh, also up on the whatonearthishappening.com website in the, in the video section and on the news section, uh, my new seminar from Asheville, North Carolina, New Age BS and the Suppression of the Sacred Masculine Revisited with even more New Age Deceptions Exposed, that whole six-hour seminar is on the whatonearthishappening.com website. Uh, as promised, I simply uh, edited it to the slides. Uh, the audio is a little spotty because, uh, again, uh, we had some technical difficulties with the audio, but uh, Steve from Florida was uh, kind enough to uh, record uh, with a handheld recorder from the front row uh, the seminar, so it wasn't a total loss. At least we did get some uh, uh, audio recorded, and I was able to get that from Steve, and therefore I was able to actually make a video of that seminar, and uh, the information was not lost. So uh, very uh, happy and thankful to Steve from Florida for saving the day on that one, and for those who want to check out that seminar with a lot of great information about the new age deception, the subtle new age deceptions uh, propagated often by rote as false uh, feel-good pseudo-spiritual teachings. You could check out that seminar. It is uh, live on my website and on my YouTube channel as well. Uh, I have two upcoming interviews this week. I will be on Ghost in the Machine with Steve Travesty on Revolution Radio on Tuesday, May 6th. 2014 from 8 o'clock p.m. to 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. You could check that out at freedomslips.com. I will also be on Truth Connections with Kathy Buckaloo, along with my good friend Jay Parker. So both of us are going to be interviewed on Truth Connections uh, this Thursday, May 8th, 2014 from 10 p.m. to 12 o'clock midnight Eastern Time. Uh, you can check out Kathy Buckaloo's website, truthconnections.com. Um, the free documentary screening and discussion night hosted by Truth, Freedom, Prosperity. Uh, we will be screening uh, a new free documentary film this, uh, not this Thursday, the following Thursday, May 15th. Thursday, May 15th. This meetup takes place the third Thursday of every month. And uh, Thursday, May 15th, we'll be doing it from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. at the Guerin Recreation Center 1600 Jackson Street in Philadelphia. The Guerin Center is on the corner of 16th and Jackson, and there's a free parking lot entrance that is on Wolf Street between 15th and 16th Streets. The meeting room when you enter the building through the main doors is the last room on the right, and um, uh, again, it's the third Thursday of every month. Um, it's free to attend, uh, there is, we do ask if you can make a voluntary donation because we do have to pay for the room. It's a small, uh, donation that we have to give to the Guarin Center. But, uh, if anybody, you know, wants to voluntarily contribute a few bucks, it, it is, it is welcome. Uh, you could br- also bring your own food and drinks at the Guarin Center. The film for Thursday, May 15th is going to be a repeat. We showed it uh, previously here in Philadelphia at the, uh, Essene, uh, meetup when we used to do it at Essene Foods, but, uh, on Thursday, May 15th at the Guerin Recreation Center, we will be showing, again, Innocence Betrayed because of how powerful and informative and important, critically important, this documentary film is. I'll read a brief description. The, film, the documentary film Innocence Betrayed. 170 million civilians have been murdered by their own governments in the 20th century alone. 
170 million men, women, and children who were defenseless to protect themselves. 170 million victims of gun control. Innocence Betrayed is a very powerful documentary that is produced by the group Jews for the Preservation of Firearms Ownership, a great gun lobby group, uh, uh, firearms ownership group here in the United States. I think they're probably the most uh, active gun lobby group in the whole world. Um, this group produced this documentary uh, called Innocence Betrayed, which explains how government have historically deprived people of the ownership of firearms, and then soon after doing that, have engaged in mass exterminations of their populations. Innocence Betrayed shows what happens when government alone has all power, and how licensing and registration were key elements to disarming populations, leaving them vulnerable to methodical slaughter. This film exposes facts that the mainstream media has ignored and concealed for decades. Innocence Betrayed is a documentary that will open eyes, destroy myths about gun control, change people's minds, and save lives. So that's the uh, screening that we're going to be doing here in Philadelphia at the Guerin Center on May 15th. Once again, that meetup is uh, scheduled uh, on the third Thursday of every month. I will be doing a live all-day seminar in St. Louis, Missouri, entitled Streetwise Spirituality. Streetwise Spirituality is going to be taking place on Saturday, May 31st, 2014 at the Arden Mead Center at 17 Selma Avenue in St. Louis, Missouri. The doors will open at 9 a.m. with the morning session starting at approximately 9.30 a.m. I'll be talking for three hours with slides and then we'll be taking a lunch break at 12.30 for an hour and a half. The afternoon session, another three hours from 2 to 5 p.m., followed by a question and answer session. I'll continue with info on the Streetwise Spirituality seminar on the other side of this break. Stay with us. Welcome back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening, and I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. I was talking about my upcoming seminar in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, it's going to be taking place Saturday, May 31st at the Arden Mead Center in St. Louis. The doors will open at 9 a.m., morning session from 9.30 to 12.30, lunch break from 12.30 to 2, afternoon session 2 to 5, and then followed by a question and answer session to round out the seminar. Advanced tickets are only $20, a $20 donation. You can call to, re to reserve or to purchase advanced tickets, 314 488-4454, or you can email raymummy at gmail.com. I've been pronouncing that incorrectly the last couple of weeks. I apologize to Ray for that. Uh, the name is raymummy, R-A-Y-M-U-M-M-E at gmail.com to purchase tickets. Uh, at the door, uh, a donation will be $25. So uh, it should be a really great seminar about what does it really mean to be truly spiritually awake, and I'm looking forward to uh, going to St. Louis to present it. 
I'll be continuing tonight on the air right here uh, to uh, do a giveaway of three additional tickets. Uh, we already gave one away. Um, Swami Shivananda Giri won the first one a couple weeks back when I started this contest. We have three additional tickets to give away on the air tonight to the Streetwise Spirituality Seminar in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, I'll ask callers when they call in if they want to attempt to win the ticket. Again, it's one ticket that you can win per uh, per call and per correct response because you will have to answer a trivia question correctly. Uh, and please only attempt to answer the question if you can attend the seminar. We don't want to just give tickets away and then people waste them and can't attend. So please, uh, you know, only call in and attempt to answer the trivia questions if you are looking to attend the seminar in St. Louis on May 31st. Um, I want to thank Joe from Kansas City for uh, purchasing those four tickets and uh, allowing me to give them away free on the on the air as part of a uh, trivia giveaway. So thanks to Joe from Kansas City for doing that. Uh, I want to just briefly announce that I'll be spacing out some um, uh, alternative interviews, like interviews on other radio shows. I've really, really been going full steam ahead with interviews on other shows for the past few months. And this is, uh, I believe, because of the um, natural law seminar that took place late last year in uh, Connecticut. When that hit the web in late January, um, it sparked off a whole lot of interest. Traffic to my site went up. Um, I may need to be looking at a faster web server pretty soon because the site is clearly gaining popularity and more people are going there to download content. So, um, uh, it has slowed down a bit as well, but that's a good thing. Again, that's a good problem to have if, as problems go, but, um, uh, hopefully it won't get too bad. But, uh, as far as the interviews go, when, when this seminar hit the web, uh, a lot of people contacted me, a lot of shows contacted me, a lot of sites linked to that interview. And that's a great thing because I feel that it is the most critical information that I've put out there that people really need to understand and, and integrate into their lives. But um, the pace, uh, as far as the interviews go, has been uh, pretty uh, demanding. So um, in order to focus more on my content and focus more on live speaking engagements and, of course, this radio show, number one, uh, I am going to start spacing interviews out a little bit and limiting interviews on other shows to perhaps one or two tops a week. So um, I just wanted to mention that on the air uh, so people know that, you know, um, as far as other interviews go, I will be, again, um, not taking a complete uh, respite from that, but I will be um, limiting the interviews that I take, uh, again, more so than anything else, uh, in order to focus more on this show. So um, one other quick thing, the there is a support donation button on the front page of the whatonearthishappening.com website. I don't sell anything on the website, but if you feel that the information that I have freely given here on uh, this show over the past few years has been valuable to you and you've gained value from it, if you want, you can make a voluntary uh, support donation and you could do that by clicking the donate, donate button on the front page of the whatonearthishappening.com site. Okay, let's get in, start getting into the content for tonight. And as always, I like to direct people's attention to the whatonearthishappening.com radio show page uh, where the player on the site is at. And if you go to, uh, if you click the uh, radio show link on the uh, uh, tab at the top of the site, that'll take you to that page. Underneath the player, you'll, you'll see when the show is live, images for tonight's show. And then there are a group of numerical links there. 
You can click on any of those numerical links. They are slides that I will be referring to during the course of the show, and there'll be some uh, visual uh, imagery there to go along with the concepts and ideas that I'll be talking about. So, uh, image number one there, of course, is the poster for the Streetwise Spirituality Seminar coming up in St. Louis. Uh, Feel free to disseminate that to whoever you want, post it on social network sites, it's there to be shared. Image number two, what I'm going to get into tonight is this polarizing dialectic that goes on. It's, It's what you might call the Hegelian dialectic in action. And again, uh, the Hegelian dialectic is named after the philosopher Frederick Hegel. Hegel was not an evil individual in and of himself. The the Hegelian dialectic is actually about synthesis uh, between two seemingly polarizing opposites to uh, present a choice uh, that often uh, assures some sort of an outcome. Whether that outcome is really contrived and... um, or, or whether I should say that outcome is like kind of contrived, it's, it's predetermined, but it, it could be for a positive purpose. The, the Hegelian dialectic does not have to be for manipulation, deceit, deception, and control, okay? So Hegel was using it as a mechanism of basically uh, getting people to arrive at a conclusion by way of choosing between things, which is what dialectic simply means by way of choice. When we break down the um, the word and its etymology, dia, in Latin means, uh, I'm sorry, in Greek means um, through or by way of, and lectus in Latin means choice. So it simply means by way of choice. But what I'm talking about in so far as dialectics go here is dialectics which polarize people, which get people to fight amongst each other, which creates a divide and conquer strategy that the powers that should not be, that the, the sorcerers for consciousness, that the mind controllers use to divide people against each other and therefore make them easier to rule over. So this dialectic that I'm going to get into t- today, which I call uh, the polarizing dialectics or the polarization paradigms, okay, um, they, they are in regard to where we came from. And really, they're in regard to where everything comes from. The whole idea of what drives creation and specifically what has driven human beings to get to the condition and the position that we are in today. Okay, so it's about creation and it's about human origins. And these two polarizing dialectics, one of them works through a left brain form of imbalance and the other works through a right brain form of imbalance. And again, since day number one on this show, I've been talking about the imbalances in the masculine or feminine side of the personality. And these are reflected through imbalances through the left and right brain hemispheres in the human physiology. So, um, And again, these aren't hard or fast rules when it comes to uh, it's all just left brain and the left brain only does these things. Of course, human neuroscience is more complicated than that. And you can't just say all of these functions only interact in the left brain hemisphere and there is no activity going on in the right brain hemisphere when we're engaged in those functions. Of course, that's not what this uh, overall model for left and right brain qualities and interactions uh, means, okay? People who are hearing it in that level of reductionism and simplicity aren't understanding the generality that is being made here when it comes to left brain forms of 
interaction with consciousness and right brain forms of interactions with consciousness. We have to be a little bit more mature and open-minded about that and understand that this is a general model and it's not something that, you know, 100% works that way all times and places, okay? And is, uh, you know, rigid, rigid uh, rule. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. I was talking about the, uh, before the break, I was talking about the two overarching polarizing paradigms when it comes to uh, human origins and creation um, and the forces that drive creation. So um, again, one of these is an extremely left-brained imbalanced worldview and one is an extremely right-brained imbalanced worldview. And I was talking about there are no hard and fast rules when it comes to the interactions of the left and right brain. Of course, every every modality of thinking is going to involve some crossover between these two hemispheres. But I'm talking in general terms that largely the left brain uh, is used when it comes to things like scientific thought, linear thinking, uh, time-bound awareness, um, uh, analytical breakdowns of things, um, you know, math, verbal skills, etc. Okay, and largely the right brain is involved when we're talking about intuitive thinking, uh, non-time-bound awareness, uh, seeing the big picture, you know, heuristic type thinking, um, creativity, of course, nurturing, compassion, etc. Okay, so one is the masculine part of the brain, that being the left brain hemisphere. One is the uh, feminine side of the brain and personality, uh, largely driven by the right brain hemisphere. So let's look at the first um, polarization dialectic involved in human origins. And again, this is all a lead-in to discussing the answer to the question, where did humanity really come from? And what created the current human condition as it exists right now? Because most people come down on one of the two sides uh, of this aisle, of this divide that I'm going to be explaining here tonight. Almost everybody. There's so few that don't fit into one of these two Hegelian dialectical polarization paradigms, okay, that you can practically count them on one hand. Very, very few people don't buy into one of these two paradigms or another. And you know what? It's something that the universe, I was starting to say this a couple of weeks ago, the universe has almost been telling me, this is what you need to hammer on. This is what you need to absolutely bring the sledgehammer down upon because this is what's keeping people totally trapped in a mind controlled state. The, their belief on how does a human being arrive at the condition that we have arrived in right now. The, almost everybody has this so completely wrong, incorrect, believe in their position from a complete state of imbalance, not from looking at any facts, okay? 
from believing in a religion, whether that religion be traditionalist religion type thinking of any given cultural religion, or whether it be from the religion called scientism, which is also a religion. You know, it's a religion where your priest class is the guys in the white lab coats in the, in the laboratories and research facilities who are telling you exactly how reality is and you're buying, it, uh, buying into it wholesale and eating it up with a, with a spoon and a straw. And what's leading to all of their conclusions isn't truth. It isn't real research. It isn't real science. It's what did the government grant money allow us to do this week? What did Big Daddy say we were approved and given funding to do? Because he wants the outcome to be skewed in that direction. You know, that's what science is in the modern day. And I've been hammering on this on interviews lately. And I'm telling you folks, if you don't think that's exactly how so-called science is done today, you are kidding yourself. Okay, I worked in one of the premier research facilities for an Ivy League college, an Ivy League university. Okay, the University of Pennsylvania, I worked in their medical research facilities, supporting their laboratories in departments that researched cancer, specifically blood cancers, in their department that researched heart diseases. And I supported computers in those laboratories for years. And I'm telling you exactly how their science is done. They beg the money for government on a yearly basis. They're not interested in looking for anything that's really going to radically transform the world. And largely they're involved in agendas that are connected to government that advance things like eugenics. And I'm telling you folks, it's an animal, it's an animal sacrifice factory for 24 hours a day around the clock non-stop, not really doing anything with those lives except snuffing them out too. And I'm telling you, you know, if I ever wanted to release photos that I have from what goes on inside those facilities, I'm telling you, it would bring a hailstorm down upon people. Maybe I should do it one day. I'm telling you, people have no idea what passes off as science at all, at all. And how it's completely driven by money and the financial institutions and totally directed by psychopaths in government that want the outcome of science to be how they want it to be. Not how the truth is. They could give a damn about truth. I'll tell you a conversation I actually overheard just while I'm giving this anecdote, you know, to show people that science, so-called science, what I call scientism, doesn't give a damn about uh, trying to find a cure for a thing. I was in a, a laboratory in the hematology oncology department working on a computer on the other side of a cubicle and I was I was unable not to overhear a conversation that was going on between one of the heads of the department and one of the uh, researchers who had just been hired and brought on board and was uh, in this cubicle in this laboratory doing some research and on I guess gene work uh, sequencing work or whatever and she was, uh, I guess, doing some research into certain substances that she was working with uh, and how they may have affected animals or animal tissue. And she said to the one of the heads of the uh, department, this is a really encouraging result, don't you think? Um, something to the effect, uh, she said something to the effect that if we keep getting results like this, I mean, maybe this might some at some time in the future lead to a cure. 
for this type of blood cancer. And you, you know, when you hear somebody saying that, you would think that the reaction on the other side of this uh, department head, uh, who is the basically, you know, he's the main researcher of this entire department that I was supporting, would be very encouraged and and want to know more about it. Instead, it was as if she just said, I'm going to kill both of your children and eat them, you know, with a little bit of hot sauce on the side. I mean, you might have thought she said that to this guy because he like whipped his head around and said, don't ever let me hear you say that word again in my presence. Don't ever let me hear you say that word again in my presence. And what was the word he was talking about? Cure. Cure. She dared to utter the word cure in this research department. Okay? And what he meant by that is if you find a cure for anything, there goes our gravy train. He said, he didn't say it like that, of course. I'm saying that that's exactly what he meant. But he said to her, we don't look for cures. We look for treatments to be able to mitigate diseases. We are not here to try to find a cure. So don't ever let me hear you say that that's what you're doing or trying to look for or trying to prop yourself up on that pedestal. He said this directly to this new researcher who had just been hired. Okay, now that is how modern science is done, ladies and gentlemen. And if you don't think so, you are a fool, a fool. Because that's what scientism is all about. It's about the money. It's about the tenure. It's about just keeping the process going year in and year out. So I have my job, my, my job, and it's set and it's secure. They don't, they're not interested in overturning the entrenched paradigm of how science is done. They're not interested in finding the cure for a damn thing. All right, so let's look at this right, this extreme chronic left brain imbalance and the paradigm that basically works through it. The Darwinian quote-unquote evolution paradigm. Why do I have evolution in quotes there? Okay, what am, what am I saying by putting that in quotes? I'm trying to make people understand it's not actual evolution. Again, we looked at this two weeks ago when we broke down the difference between evolution in occult terms or in terms that take consciousness into consideration versus Darwinian evolution, which is altogether different. There's the break music. We'll pick this up on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on the Republic Broadcasting Network. Don't go anywhere. Oh, 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 oh. 
back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on RBN. Before I get into more material uh, that I'm covering tonight regarding the uh, polarizing dialectics uh, regarding human origins, I want to uh, give the first trivia question because I'll be opening up the phones, uh, going to the phones probably in the next hour sometime uh, to take your calls and to see if anybody wants to attempt to win uh, a free ticket to my seminar in St. Louis, Missouri. So I'll give the first trivia question. Uh, if someone who wants to attend the seminar wants to try to answer this question and you answer it correctly, you will be you will win one free ticket to my Streetwise Spirituality Seminar in St. Louis, Missouri on May 31st. The question is, the trivia question is, name the four major Sabbaths or high holidays of the occult year, of the occult calendar. Okay, name the four major Sabbaths or high holidays of the occult calendar. And I want the seasons that they are respective to, the seasons that they are in the very midpoint of. So I want the names of the four major Sabbaths of the occult year and the, and the seasons that they are each individual Sabbath is associated with. Okay. The first person who calls in with the correct answer to that question will win a free ticket to my Streetwise Spirituality Seminar in St. Louis on May 31st. So let's go back to the material. Again, we were talking about the imagery in slide number two, the Darwinian evolutionary paradigm. And again, uh, evolution, uh, true evolutionary development is in regards to moving forward toward higher consciousness more complex forms, okay, more morality, more freedom. If you are just propagating genetic material, you could be evolving, but you could also be devolving, okay? So this force called involution, the chaotic force that breaks things down and puts things into more uniformity, less complexity, less freedom, more chaos, all right, Uh, uh, less individuation, all right, that could be leading to de-evolution, devolution. Just because genes are propagating does not mean that consciousness is evolving. I think humanity is living proof of that, or at least the bulk of humanity is living proof of that, not necessarily all of us. But uh, that's why I've put this double quotes around the term evolution in this term, describing this paradigm. The Darwinian model, the Darwinian theory, isn't evolution at all in the true sense. When people are calling that evolution, it is actually a misnomer. It is actually, uh, you're applying the term evolution to it, which when you really look at what the Darwinian model postulates, it's not evolutionary development at all. Okay? All it is is a out of control left chronic left brain worldview that su- promotes promotes that matter is supreme and everything is just an interaction between uh, you know subatomic particles and uh, the propagation of those particles is all that really is of any significance or concern and it, consciousness can be left at the door. Okay, so let's look at this paradigm in depth. It's, it's basically trying to get people to believe in, and again, this is a religion. Once again, this is all religion. I keep trying to explain to people, 
religion, false religion is that which holds us back from where we say we want to go. False religion is what holds back consciousness from the term relegare in Latin, to bind, to tie back, to hold back, or to thwart from forward progress. Most of all, in consciousness, to thwart from forward progress in consciousness, in awareness, in growing in morality, in understanding of natural law, in understanding of moral law. Okay? So, this left-brain Darwinian evolutionary paradigm states matter is supreme and spirit is either completely non-existent, doesn't exist, okay, or it's insignificant. We don't even need to worry about that because all we need to understand is the interactions of these particles that we call matter. There's no underlying, true underlying intelligence or intelligent design or consciousness that is driving nature, okay? It's just all clockwork mechanism. Nature is a dead, mechanized clockwork that has no purpose, no grand purpose. There's no real reason for existence. You're there to propagate your genes for physical continuation of survival. That's all that matters. Okay. Humans. And here's the main thing. How does someone who buys into this left brain imbalance worldview, how do they see themselves often or almost always? Let's just not even say all often, almost always. And I would say I'd qualify that and say not always, not blanket statement, but almost in all situations. When somebody's trapped in this paradigm, they see themselves as someone who is completely controlled by genes with no true free will choice. A vast majority of people who buy into this paradigm as a religion think that human beings are permanently and hopelessly controlled by their genes. Just like a computer program is controlled by, if you write code and you know you program it into a computer program and you hit execute and then the program runs, that program is bound by the code that it was written by. And that's how they see us. That's how people trapped in this left brain paradigm regarding human origins and creation, the processes that underlie creation. That's how they see themselves and everybody else in the world. They see themselves as controlled, not able to truly make decisions on their own because all their decisions are going to be colored by interactions in the brain that are ultimately controlled by genes, that that are coded for by genes. And as we were talking about two weeks ago on the show, um, this is actually a completely outmoded and outdated view in science. It has been completely overturned and disproven, 100% disproven. But the problem is that the consciousness of the people of the world don't often catch up to new scientific, true scientific advancements that are truly borne out by actual research, repeatability, actual scientific methodology, instead of paradigm protecting which is what Darwinian evolutionists do. They will have to protect this paradigm at all costs. It doesn't make a difference difference if thousands of examples to the contrary are found in the fossil record. It doesn't matter if no evidence supporting their theory is found in the fossil record. You know, we need to sweep all that under the rug and keep putting this forward as if it's absolute gospel truth. Because all they're worried about is protecting the paradigm. The paradigm that keeps their tenure in universities, that keeps them writing and making money on textbooks, okay? That keeps them entrenched at the top of the anthropological societies and archaeological societies. It's all about ego, folks. It's about ego and money. 
If you haven't figured that that's what drives science, once again, you're an extraordinarily naive human being, and I don't know what to tell you. It's the mind of a child. If you believe that science is actually really all about the discovery of truth in this world, you have the mind of a child. You're, you're like the kind of person that doesn't accept that psychopaths exist, which brings me to the next part of this paradigm. You know, when the left brain is totally out of control chronically, and it's all that's dominating the person's thought processes, what does it lead to? What does this buying into this kind of a paradigm as a religion ultimately lead to? And for the people who are like appalled by me saying this, who are, are you know believers in the Darwinian paradigm, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm going to offend the other half. We'll, we'll get we'll get to uh, ultimately pissing everybody off in, in the process of the uh, before the show is said and done. Because I'll, I'll go after the traditional religionists in the next part when we get to the right brain imbalance paradigm of creationism. You know that won't be left out. Because there's got to be two parts to, to a dialectic, you know, it has to form that strong arch so that both of these structures stand up and constantly do war with each other and keep people from the recognition of truth. That's what it, this is all there for, this war between these two paradigms, okay? So let's look at what this left brain imbalanced Darwinian quote-unquote evolutionary paradigm ultimately leads to or can lead to. It doesn't have to lead to this, but it can lead to this. And let me tell you something, folks. I have heard this from people's mouth. It's not just me, like, you know, reading about this or, you know, hearing a thing or two about what somebody else heard over said. People have said things like this to me about what they believe about psychopathy. And there's the break music catching us all. Pick this up on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on Republic Broadcasting Network. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. happening here on Republic Broadcasting. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Let's continue talking about the um, two overarching, entrenched worldview paradigms when it comes to the processes that underlie creation and most of all, human origins. And I know this can seem like pretty simplistic, um, it, it can seem pretty simplistic, but the reason I'm doing this is because in my encounters with other people, especially recently, I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, these paradigms are so deeply entrenched and so many people accept these as like absolute gospel truth. Not only that, but 
again, the worldviews that it leads to. Most of all, what I've heard come out of people's mouths when it comes to psychopaths or when it comes to not having any inherent right for self-defense or when it comes to total hopelessness, you know, or that we deserve this, you know, just inherently, things like that. And you realize that all it's leading to, all these two entrenched paradigms lead to is inaction. All these two entrenched paradigms leading to is giving up. All they lead to is, this is just the eternal way things are, and it's just too damn bad, because that's how it's always going to be. The destruction of will is what these two paradigms lead to. Let me just preface this whole next section with that. That's why I'm trying to explain how dangerous both of these worldviews are. And to get caught in them is to get caught in a trap. Because your consciousness isn't moving forward when you buy into one of these religions. So, and you're certainly not going to understand where we really came from. Or you're going to be very close-minded to even entertaining a alternative possibility than the very limited scope that these two worldview paradigms uh, even postulate. So, let's look at what when somebody's in this left-brain Darwinian evolutionary paradigm. You know, the belief that matter is supreme and genes control everything. You know, let's see, see what this ultimately leads to. It can lead to this very left brain imbalance, imbalanced belief system that psychopaths are actually the alpha humans, that they're the epitome of our species. And again, ladies and gentlemen, this isn't just speculation. I've heard people state this, Okay. Psychopaths are the alpha humans because the process of natural selection chose them due to their gene set, you know, of not having any emotions, okay? You know, because they don't have the capacity to feel that's some kind of evolutionary advantage. That allows them to, you know, survive because they're willing to do whatever they, they want to do to somebody else and they're not constrained by conscience in any way. You know, they're not constrained by empathy in any way whatsoever. And you'd be surprised to learn how many people think that's a great thing. You would be shocked and appalled. I'm telling you that right now. I'm not saying that to try to make anyone, you know, hate other people or be fearful of the the current situation. I'm just telling you that's how it is. This is what our work is to change in other people by telling them how ridiculous that is. And what it will lead to is only more suffering and chaos in the world. You know? They think that psychopaths are alpha humans because natural selection chose them to rule humanity and therefore their existence, the existence of the psychopath and the way of being, the way of living in the world that the psychopath engages in, it's not something that should be decried. It's not something that should be looked at with horror. No, no, no. We should celebrate it. The psychopaths are the epitome. You know, we should actually aspire to them. They have this evolutionary advantage that we, the rest of us don't. You know, this is something other sh- human beings should actually aspire to. I've actually heard this leave other human beings' mouths. And it's mental illness. That is mental illness, folks. You know, I know most of my listenership, at least the listenership that's been listening to me for a while, will recognize that. At least I certainly hope they will. 
But I'm telling you, I know there's probably people listening out there who are just regular listeners, listeners to RBM and, you know, haven't specifically followed my work who think this way. I, I almost guarantee you there are. And if people don't think that's a problem, once again, there's something wrong with you. Because this is what's keeping the dark occult satanic powers that be ruling over you. By how we think about ourselves and others in the world. And I'm telling you that is a mental sickness, the people who think like that. Let's look at the opposite. The or let let me let me rephrase that. I'm sorry. Let's look at the oppo same, as David Icke likes to say. Okay, love that term, because it so accurately and brilliantly describes what the dialectic is all about. You're not presenting the opposite of this thing. It's the same exact thing. It just takes a slightly different form, a right brain imbalanced approach instead of a left brain imbalanced approach, because you know we have to appeal to the other imbalanced morons out there. Okay. And, you know, we get them to believe in a very similar nonsense that ultimately leads to the same conclusion. That's what the dialectic is all about. It leads to the same conclusion. You know? Oh, which which maze path are you going to lead this cattle through? Because they all lead to the slaughterhouse. You know? The left-hand path leads there. The right-hand path leads there. It doesn't matter which one you, you choose. They choose to be led down. They're going into the meat grinder. It's the same thing with these human origin paradigms. So let's look at the right brain half, imbalanced half of this equation. The creationist paradigm. The religionist, you know, thought system. People trapped in the nonsense of religion, religious thinking, which is equally as nonsensical as scientism thinking. Both lead to more shackles, more chains. Oh, I hope you're enjoying your chains. I know I'm not. You know, I am mentally free. I am psychologically free. I am spiritually free. Unfortunately, I'm still physically chained here with the morons that are here with me. You know, unfortunately, because of the way they think. That binds me. Because of how irrational and completely close-minded and absolutely unwilling to look at where the truth leads because of their fear of what it might mean, what the implications might present, that then they're going to have to wrestle with in themselves. And God forbid you look in a mirror. We can't have that. No, we can't have that. You know? And religionists are the same. You know? They're the same type of closed-mindedness that scientism, that the left brain super skeptical have. It's just a different form. That's all. You know, this one works through belief. Whereas the other one works through, we're walling off every other possible um, place that any truth could come to us from. And saying, only, you know, government monetary grant funded science can produce the answers that describe how the universe works. You know, that's what scientism is. Well, religion is the same limitation, putting consciousness into a box, saying, my religion, my cultural religion is the only place truth can come from. Well, good luck with these two completely idiotic, moronic, limiting belief systems. Because you know what they're going to get you more of? Bondage. And enjoy it. Enjoy it while you think like that, because that's all that can manifest. We'll pick this up on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back. 
Understanding, we have to become more open minded. We have to entertain the possibilities to be a true intelligence. True intelligence, ladies and gentlemen, is about being able to hold a possibility in your mind without immediately accepting it or immediately rejecting it. And unfortunately, this is what most people are unable to do. The overly skeptical immediately reject and the overly, um, you know, right brain imbalance, uh, the blind believers immediately accept. So let's look at this second polarizing paradigm of creationism. Of course, this works through chronic right brain imbalance and it postulates the notion that spirit is supreme. It's uh, primary to matter. Matter is lesser and inferior to spirit, and matter should be looked down upon. It's bad. It's inherently bad. It's flawed. Okay? God, the creator of the universe, who is separate from the creation, okay? Not part of it all. It's separate from, stands outside of the creation. Okay? God, who is separate from the creation, controls every event within the creation. So there's nothing that we can do to create change. Certainly nothing we could do to create change in our lives, our conditions, our situations, our circumstances. If God doesn't want it to be that way, if God doesn't will that to be so, well, then there's nothing that can be done. So since the way, the way things are is slavery, I guess that's God's will. There's nothing we could do to change it. This is actually how these people think. You know, I mean, I ask religionists, do you think God wants freedom for humanity? Do you think God wants humanity to be permanently controlled, to be slaves, to be limited in their thinking? You, you, wouldn't you think God would want the consciousness of humanity to come closer to his form of consciousness if he is the all-being, all-seeing, all-knowing, powerful creator of the whole universe, the underlying intelligence that underlies everything in all of creation? Wouldn't you think that creation is actually trying to move the individuated forms of consciousness closer, closer and closer to that level of um, majesty? No. No. It wants a prison to be here, to continuously punish. That, that's, this is such complete imbalanced thinking. It's the imbalanced thinking, okay, of a person who loves their slavery. It's the imbalanced thinking of a person who's totally trapped in self-loathing, who hates themselves. And they certainly can't have any kind of a majestic notion of, of a living, creating God, of an intelligent being, that, that, whose intelligence underlies the essence of everything. No matter what you see that form of consciousness as, if you see it that way, that it made the universe to torment the beings that it injected into the universe, well, I think that is an extraordinarily low form of consciousness to look at as a god, just my opinion. I certainly don't think that places that god up on any kind of a pedestal whatsoever, and it's no god I want to worship. 
It's no God I want to even believe in. You know, and this whole notion that matter is bad, you know, spirit is absolutely supreme to matter. It's primary. It's another, it's just as imbalanced as the reverse, that there is no such thing as spirit or it's significant and matter is all that, all that is meaningful. Well, this is just the exact, it's the oppo same. That's it. The exact oppo same. You're just reversing the, the positions saying spirit is supreme. Matter doesn't matter or it's bad. It's, it's flawed. It's evil. So what will this type of a paradigm, if it's held on to, if it's stubbornly clinged to and attached to for long enough, what will, what are some of the things it can lead to? And I'm saying some of the things it can lead to, can lead to this, doesn't have to, but it can when it's totally out of control. It can lead to a form of pure right brain imbalanced belief system that the whole entire manifested universe is some form of an unchangeable cosmic prison or a hell, so to speak, which serves simply as an endless torment for all the incarnate beings within the universe. And I'm telling you, not just religionists believe this, but so do the New Age movement people. And I'm telling you, they've said it directly to me. I was at a conference, a MUFON conference once. I wasn't speaking. I was tabling. I went there to uh, see Travis Walton speak and some uh, some other speakers. And I tabled at the conference and uh, met a lot of great people, had a good time, uh, heard a lot of great great speakers, great information. But I'm telling you, there were some New Agers there. Let me tell you, where their head is at, it is frightening. It is absolutely appalling. Solipsists, people who are totally trapped and ensconced in self-loathing, you know, people who don't believe in truth at all, people who think that there's absolutely nothing we can do to change the human condition. You know, it's all born out of self-loathing and right brain imbalance. People who believe everything's an illusion, the whole physical universe. And I'm not even, I'm not even saying I believe in the total solidity of matter and that everything is so actually real. And this isn't some sort of a construct for, uh, learning and growing in consciousness. Of course, I accept that that's what matter is. What else could it be? You know, things aren't as real as we seem to believe they are in a very left brain from a left brain perspective, but don't go all the way into such right brain imbalance that you say the universe is a total illusion. So nothing that occurs within its construct matters. doesn't make a difference. This is all, it's all just to fool you into believing this is real. Well, I'm not fooled into believing that it's real in the sense that there's no deeper underlying intelligence or reality underneath the so-called physical matter, which is all just a vibratory energy that is here as a construct so that consciousness can have an experience and learn and grow. I get that. But I'm not going to go so far to say the whole physical universe is such an illusion that it doesn't even make a difference what happens here. Of course it makes a difference what happens here. Of course it is important what happens here. Otherwise, what did you learn? You know, what was the whole point of the experience? It is an experience, but it's not just an experience as so many New Agers want to say that term. It's just an experience. It doesn't matter how good or how evil it is. It's just an experience. Those are just judgments. Bull. Bull. Good exists and evil exists. It's called knowing what actions are rights because they don't cause harm and knowing what actions are rights because they do cause harm. That's what the New Agers haven't gotten yet. That's what most religionists haven't gotten yet at all. At all. You know, their sense of morality is all about whims and preferences. 
I don't like homosexual encounters, so therefore I am deeming that they are immoral. Well, is that true or not? You know, these religionists insist a, a particular preferential lifestyle makes it immoral because they themselves don't find it palatable. Well, I'm heterosexual. I don't find homosexuality palatable for me. Okay, that's my sexual preference. But that doesn't mean that two homosexuals engaging in sexual relationship together is immoral. Because as long as it's consensual and it's something that they have both agreed to and there's no coercion or violence or violation of their rights involved in it, then whatever. Do what you want. As long as no one else is harmed. And this is what religions have become, especially something like Christianity, in the exoteric sense of the term, in the exoteric religious Christianity. You know, morality is what my preferences are about. And that's called moral relativism. Just like these New Agers think that there's no such thing as the difference between actual right and wrong, objectively. Because those are judgments. That's bad. You're judging. You know, you're saying something is bad and everything has to be positive. Utter bunk, utter nonsense, and just, it, it, it's children. These, this is a further hallmark of stunted development in consciousness. It's being a child in your mind, in your psychology, and you've never actually grown up to actual adulthood inside of yourself. That's all it is. That's all it is. And that's what uh, th these children, these new ager type children th and these religionist type children, they just believe it's all uh, an illusory construct here to somehow torment us. We can never know the truth about anything. We certainly can never change it. We'll pick this up on the other side. Stay with us, everyone. back everyone i'm your host mark passio and this is what on earth is happening so we were going through some of the world views that can result as a as a result of accepting uh whole-mindedly this creationist paradigm or just what i would call a right brain paradigm when it comes to uh the human condition and human origins and it's the first part of this is a total belief that the universe is fundamentally a bad place, okay? And it's not a construct for the experience of consciousness so that that consciousness can learn and grow. No, it's a torment facility. It's a construct for torment of consciousness, a hell, if you will, a cosmic prison that's completely unchangeable. When somebody's in right-brained imbalance, they go into self-loathing. And they believe their situation is totally unchangeable. And they also believe it shouldn't be changed because they somehow deserve it. And this comes from this belief, okay, that matter is bad. And since we're comprised of matter, we must be bad. All right? And what, when we think this way, that everything's just an unchangeable prison, 
What do you think is going to happen? You think that person's going to be involved in trying to change the dynamic that's at work? No. It promotes total inaction, even in the face of total evil, going on continuously in our presence. And that's, that, I, there could be no better description of religion in my book. I mean, I've just, have I just not described religion, all of religion in a nutshell, and most of all the New Age movement? How many religionists and New Agers are activists? They're actually trying to do something to truly change the world. Hardly any. A handful. I was saying this on a radio show the, uh, the other night, okay? What priests do you see stepping up and talking about the police state measures that are in place? How about Buddhist monks? You see any Buddhist monks talking about how people are totally being stripped of their rights? And how that's immoral and wrong and should not continue? Because uh, I don't hear a one. Not a one. Where's all the imams, you know, of the Islamic faith? Where, where are they at? Stepping out, talking about the police state. How about the Jewish rabbis? You see any Jewish rabbis talking out against totalitarianism and the police state measures that are going on in the United States and throughout the world? Because they're magically absent as far as I'm concerned. If you do hear about them, please point, point, uh, enlighten me. Point them in my direction. I'd like to know about them because I don't know about a one, not a single one. No, they're busy propagating their little box for consciousness. That's it. Because that's what they've been brainwashed and indoctrinated into believing in. And now we got to get everybody else in the same box with me, in my limitation with me. It's called a child a child and they're fearful and all they want really all these religionists really want is their 501c3 money you know once they get into that that's it you know then you can't speak out against big daddy you can't speak out against it or or your tax exemption will dry up real quick you know then big daddy will be beaten on your doors for all taxes and all of those donations and and uh you know collection plate money that you get we can't have that all a dialectic, all working through money, all one hand washes the other. And again, it's just like idiots that blindly, naively accept science. You know, the whole scientific paradigm, scientism. Let me, let me qualify that. You know, the scientism paradigm. It's the same thing with people who blindly accept that religion is somehow something that's good. Just because they believe in it. All controlled by money, you know. The very tenets of half of these religions, the belief systems that don't really have to do with truth, all came from dark occultism anyway. But people don't want to accept that. You don't want to believe you're believing in the same pagan solar cults that the dark occult came from of the old religions. You know, you don't want to accept that. No. That you're worshiping an astrotheological sun god. No. No, because my religion has to be right. You know, or hey, you, you want to worship the astrological star gods? You know, the Elohim? You know? Hey, how about the, astro- the astrotheological moon god? Moon goddess? You know, that, that's the Islamic tradition. Just like the stars or the, the, the Judaic tradition. You know, after the three heavenly lights, the, the sun, the moon, and the stars, we have one religion for each cult. You know? But most people have never even looked into astrotheology. So their religion is right doesn't make a difference whether this was all a construct developed to keep people under control. That doesn't matter. It's my religion, so it has to be right. 
all their time spent into trying to make their religion into the truth, but never, ever will they try to make truth into their religion. You know? No. Because the truth be damned. I'll spit in the face. And that's what they don't understand. All these religious people don't understand God is truth. God is truth. And truth is God. They are one and the same. And they're constantly spitting in its face. All day long, every day. You know? With a belief system. With their rigid belief system. Scientism is no different. It's a rigid belief system. It's just left brain imbalance instead of right brain imbalance. So what's another thing that this can lead to, this form of right brain imbalance? And I'm not just specifically talking about creationists here. I'm talking about anybody that buys into this spirit is superior to matter worldview. Well, one of the other deplorable ideologies that can lead to is pacifism. And let me definitively and clearly state the difference between pacifism and non-aggressionism. The non-aggression principle is not pacifism. Pacifism is not the non-aggression principle. Okay. Pacifism embraces the non-aggression principle, but it goes beyond that and fully wholesalely rejects the self-defense principle. Enlightenment is about the non-aggression principle, which is the sacred feminine principle in consciousness combined with wedded to in union with married to the self-defense principle, which is the sacred masculine principle in consciousness. That's what enlightenment is about. No being that is claims to be enlightened that doesn't understand any being that claims to be enlightened that doesn't understand both of those principle principles and has wedded them together in their worldview and has is living both of those principles, they're not enlightened. They're just claiming that they are. So pacifism has nothing to do with enlightenment at all. Understanding the non-aggression principle, absolutely. That's one half of under, the understanding of enlightenment. But pacifism is a belief or a religion that only evil may ever wield force. And evil, of course, wields force in an immoral capacity. That's why it's called violence. It becomes violence when it's wielded in a way that you have no right to wield force. But there is a rightful usage of force, and it's called the self-defense principle. When you wield force in self-defense, that is a right, an inherent right. But pacifists claim only evil can ever wield any kind of force. There's no such thing as a moral employment of of self-defense for force for self-defense. Okay, and this is stemming from their right brain imbalanced worldview that spirit is superior to matter. So therefore, if you take any position that tries to defend your materialistic existence, your body's existence, and preventing it from experiencing harm, or even beyond that, protecting your rights from being usurped, If you do that in the physical domain, then, oh, that's somehow violence and it's wrong. And I'm here telling you it absolutely is not. That is not violence, number one. That is the moral usage of force in the capacity for self-defense. And it is not wrong. It is an inherent right. And these people have to get out of their new age religion and understand the self-defense masculine principle. Because you're not enlightened unless you understand it. I'm not telling you that's my belief system either. I do not believe that. I know it definitively. That is eternal truth. Whether you want to accept it or not, no matter who wants to accept it or not. Enlightenment is a twofold principle encompassing the sacred feminine principle of non-aggression wedded to, in union and in balance with the sacred masculine principle of self-defense eternally.
And pacifists are nothing of the kind at all. They're people in right brain and balanced religion worldview of spirit is superior to matter. So now that I've just pissed the entire world off, okay, and I've explained the two uh, worldviews of imbalance, the left brain imbalance Darwinian so-called evolutionary paradigm and the right brain imbalance creationist or spirit is superior to matter paradigm, okay, I want to ask a very fundamental and important question for people to consider. What do these two polarizing paradigms share in common? And we'll answer that question on the other side of the break. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening? We'll be right back. is happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. I left off in the previous segment asking the question, what do the two polarizing paradigms that I've uh, just outlined share in common? What does the Darwinian left brain imbalance so-called evolution paradigm share in common with the right brain creationist paradigm or the paradigm that postulates that spirit is superior to matter? Well, they share quite a bit in common, actually, and I think it's what we have to understand is ultimately keeping, is one of the factors, one of the main factors that's ultimately keeping the human condition the way it is. And the very first thing that does that, the first trait or characteristic that these two polarizing paradigms share in common is the total dismissal of free will within the individual. The total dismissal of free will. Now, just think about it. Think about it. What does the left brain imbalance Darwinian evolution paradigm say about free will? Well, it says free will is essentially an illusion. You know, it's an illusion because genes control everything. The interaction of subatomic particles and electrochemical interactions of matter in the brain are ultimately determining behavior. It's a deterministic way of looking at the world ultimately through the idea of randomness. It's so far into randomness that it basically comes right back around to determinism and says, well, there's nothing you can really do to change because that's just your nature. That's just the way you were made. Okay? Because the the particles, the physical material particles that comprise your body, your uh, physiology, you know, they are what are ultimately determining the way you think and your behavior. Forget about epigenetics, forget about circumstances, forget about programming, forget about conditioning, forget about consciousness most certainly, you know, forget that. And it completely dismisses the dynamic of free will. And that's, isn't that exactly what creationism or super right brain imbalance religionist type thought does? 
It says, well, since God is controlling everything, of course, everything is deterministic. You know, we can't counteract the will of God. Things are the way, the way they are. Well, certainly God must have wanted them to be this way. So what, what good is our action? What good is us trying to change anything? The world will change when God wants it to change, not when we want it to change, you know? So free will is ultimately an illusion in the, the religionist paradigm. And I'm telling you, it's just like that in the, in the um, New Age community. Just like that. I've had New Agers look me dead in the face with a straight, serious expression on their face and say, free will is a complete illusion. There is no such thing. You don't have free will, neither do I, neither does anyone. New, New Ager saying that with a completely straight face. And I'm telling you, folks, if you haven't understood the importance and the reality of free will, you are not awake at all, at all, not a bit. You're not enlightened. You're not awake. You don't know what's really going on. You don't know the self. And you certainly don't know the dynamic to get out of the mess that we're in. If, the, if you accept either of those notions, whether coming at it from the left brain worldview or the right brain worldview, if you accept the notion that free will does not exist, enjoy the chains, morons. Enjoy the chains. I don't care how harsh you think that is. I don't care what you think of me for saying that, saying that like that. I'm not here to win a popularity contest or for you to like me. I'm here to tell the truth of how the dynamic works that is keeping the current condition the way it is. And if you say you want freedom and if you say you want order and if you say you want justice and if you say you want peace and if you say you want prosperity, you have to understand how that dynamic works in natural law. And natural law includes free will. To align your behavior in harmony with the moral laws of creation or to choose to live in opposition to them through your own free will. That is the gift of the creator of the universe. And everyone has it. Every being with the capacity for holistic intelligence has free will. Animals are creatures of instinct. We are not just animals. We are animals that are also have the component of free will because of the level of the complexity of our consciousness, meaning that we have the capacity for holistic intelligence and understanding. Therefore, we have free will. We have the free will to move our consciousness forward epigenetically. We have free will to change our circumstances. We have free will to change the way that we think. And therefore, we have free will to change the way that we behave. And if you don't accept that, you are the perfect slave. And you should, you should be in chains. If you believe there's no such thing as free will, whether you are coming at it from this left brain Darwinian paradigm, or you're coming at it from this right brain religious paradigm, you belong in chains. As a matter of fact, you don't only belong there, that's the only condition that you can manifest. It's the only condition that you are capable of ever manifesting is slavery. So enjoy it. Enjoy it until you change your mind, until you change your thinking. Your thinking has to change for that manifested result to change. The end. It's eternally like that. Get over it. And this is the problem. This is the problem. The people want to think they can keep their flawed fundamental axioms in place and still create the kind of change that they say they want. 
Well, if you want to keep those flawed fundamental axioms in place that can only lead to the condition of slavery, stop saying that you want to be free because you're a liar. The next characteristic that these two paradigms share in common, absolutely share in common, is that they completely dismiss the power of consciousness and the ability of consciousness to create change in the world, which is what I've just described. Consciousness is left at the door. Do you ever hear scientism believers really talking about consciousness, except some type of electrochemical interaction in the brain? No. They don't talk about the power of consciousness to epigenetically affect change in the world. No. And certainly, religionists often see consciousness as equated with the devil. You know, New Agers talk about consciousness, but they don't really understand what it is. You know, they think it's meditating your way into some higher state. When the way that you bring yourself into a higher state is by aligning your thoughts, your emotions, and your actions. And they leave the masculine active principle at the door. They leave a third of consciousness at the door. So therefore, you might as well leave it all at the door. But none of these paradigms embrace and actually integrate deeply consciousness into their equation. None. They all, both of these paradigms externalize all power. The externalization of all power. Because, look, in the left brain Darwinian paradigm, this so-called evolutionary paradigm, which it's nothing of the kind, okay, not true evolution, we are at the mercy of genes. These little molecular structures, you know, comprised of some amino acids. We're at their mercy. These tiny little, you know, these tiny little uh, collection of atoms, you know, they control us. We're at their mercy, like clockwork. It's just, the universe is just big, a big wind-up clockwork mechanism, just running on its own. God's the, the blind clockmaker, okay? And genes control everything. And then in the right brain religious paradigm of creationism, God controls everything. So ultimately, human being is just a human being is just a puppet. It's just it's just a wind up toy soldier doll, a puppet on strings. You know, we have no, no say in what happens to us. Everything is just being done to us. Victim mentality. Victim mentality. Can you see? Can, can people who are within the sound of my voice, are you really hearing what's being said? Do you understand how these worldviews have created, have maintained, okay, the current human condition? They propagate it. They propagate slavery because they are both deeply entrenched belief systems that the human condition can not be changed. That's what they both share completely in common. They can not, the human condition can not be changed. And I'm here to tell you that that position is 100% utterly false. The human condition absolutely, most certainly can be changed. Will it be changed is another story. Stay with us, everybody. We'll pick this up on the other side of the break. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening.
Listening to What on Earth is Happening. We're into the third hour for tonight's broadcast. I'm going to go to the phones in this section. Um, I'm going to just simply wrap up uh, talking about the main topic for tonight, which was the polarization dialectics regarding creation and human origins, the two uh, brain imbalanced uh, worldview paradigms that perpetuate the human condition. I, uh, po- I asked the question and answered the question, what do they both have in common? The, their dismissal of free will and consciousness, their externalization of all power, postulating that we are either at the mercy of genes or God, and a deeply entrenched belief that the human condition cannot be changed, which of course is a lie. It is one of the biggest lies that we face that is holding the human condition of slavery in place. Of course, the human condition can be changed. Of course, God doesn't want us to remain in a state of slavery. Of course, we are not at the mercy of genetic code. Of course, we can epigenetically change ourselves and our situation. But willpower must be applied. Knowledge must be applied. Care must be developed and applied. It doesn't just magically happen itself. So my last question, which I will begin to answer next week, I'm going to try to take some calls in the last hour of tonight's program and see if I can't give away some tickets to my seminar in St. Louis. But the question about these paradigms is, of course, both of these paradigms are leading humanity to the same place. That's why it's called a dialectic. They basically are oppo-sames that lead to the same place. People think that they're so different. They think, oh, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I'm a Muslim, I'm a Jew. I'm so different than all of those uh, believers in Darwinian evolution. And then people say, oh, I'm a, I'm a scientist in a white lab coat. I'm so different than those people who believe in religion. No, you're not. You're both kidding yourself. You're both pranksters. You're jokesters. Okay? You're both played. You're played. Okay? You're both going to the same place, and it's called slavery. Because of how you think. You're puppets on strings. And not only are you puppets on strings by buying into these polarizing dialectics, you believe that you're puppets on strings by the very nature that you have accepted those polarizing dialectics. And you know what the Satanists of this world are doing? You know what the dark occultists are doing? You know what the powers that be are doing? They're laughing their asses off at you. They're laughing with big, out-of-control belly laughs, non-stop, and I'm telling you, I've heard them do it. From their lips to my ears, I've been in rooms with them laughing at you. And you just keep going on believing in your absolute BS, nonsense religion on both sides of that equation, okay? Because you're being mocked. You're being mocked. And you don't even know you're being mocked. One day on the air, I don't know if, I don't think it'll be today, but when I uh, developed, uh, maybe I'll practice it off air and try to, try to, you know, get it just right. I'm going to try to do the laugh that a Satanist unleashed in my presence one time at a ritual here on the East Coast. 
at Valpurgisnacht, and he was mocking a cop who was watching the ritual house outside the house, okay, and protecting all of these Satanists, an armed off-duty police officer who was a member of this Satanic cult, coven, uh, you know, they don't call them covens, they call them grottos in Satanism. And this dark occultist who was smoking a cigar and he was wearing a suit and he was eating uh, some hors d'oeuvre that they had served after the ritual was looking outside the window through this kind of like uh, semi-octagonal or hexagonal enclosure in the front of this house. He was looking over at the patio where this cop was standing watch at the door and he was laughing so hard that his face became red and engorged with blood and I thought he was going to choke on the food that he was eating and that's how much he was mocking and laughing at this cop calling him a complete unconscious idiot you know for serving the sat- satanic agenda our agenda as he said okay and just said these people are pe- are our pets there are dogs there are animals on a leash and that's exactly how they look at people And you know what? As I've said before, people can say, oh, Mark, you're in such a dark worldview for even saying something like this. They're correct. They're not incorrect. I'm not telling you I agree with their approach or their worldview or the way they think. I'm just telling you they're correct. They are their their pets, their dogs, their animals that just follow them, whatever they tell them to do. That's it. And the people who believe in these completely imbalanced worldviews are really no different. They're just absolute puppets on a string and they've been given their belief systems by these psychopaths they've been given their very belief systems by these psychopathic lunatics so my question that i'll end the presentation part of tonight's show on is is there any kind of a possible reasonable sensible alternative to these two imbalanced prevailing paradigms about human origins about the processes that underlie creation Well, that's what I want to try to start unpacking in a deeper way on this show. And this is setup or framework material to do that because you have to understand the entrenched paradigms that are already at work and what they lead to. So with that having been said, that's the end of the presentation for this evening. And now I want to go to the phones to see if we can give away some tickets or talk about the topic for tonight or anything else you guys want to bring up. The call-in number to join us, 800 313-9443. Once again, the call-in number to join us here on What on Earth is Happening, 800-313-9443. Let me give the trivia question uh, for the chance to win a one ticket per caller to the seminar that I'm going to be conducting in in St. Louis, Missouri on May 31st. Um, Name the four major Sabbaths or high holidays of the occult calendar, the occult year. And I want you to, when you give me the names, and you could give me any alternative names, there's a couple of things that they could be called each, okay? I want you to give me the seasons that they are associated with. That is the full question, and to have it right, you need all the components of the of the answer correct, okay? So that's the trivia question. Call in to answer that, and you'll win a free ticket. And please only try to answer that question if you can attend the seminar in St. Louis. 
So let's go to the phones. Let's hear from Brandon in Boston. Brandon, you are live on what on earth is happening. Welcome. And let me ask you, are you going to attempt to answer the trivia question for the tickets to the St. Louis seminar? Yeah, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Okay. Now you can attend, correct? If you win, you're going to come to the seminar, correct? Absolutely. If not, then I will right away and just get, you know, give them away. Yeah. Great. Okay. No problem. Go ahead. Um, this is my best shot. I'm not, you know, just getting into this stuff. So, um, I'm going to go with Sawin. Um, okay, that is one of them. What what season? Um, out Halloween. Um, that I guess would um, yes, I would be with um, season of uh, the harvest, um, which is. Uh, jeez. Um, winter, midwinter. I'm sorry, no, that's not correct. You did have one of the holidays, correct? Uh, you said so in, and unfortunately it is not in winter. So sorry, but um, uh, n- no win on the uh, ticket to the St. Louis seminar, but good good try. So uh, what else do you have for us this evening? Any questions or comments? Um, well, yeah, um, I'll just leave uh, the other ones uh, that I had. Um, so, um, but uh, yeah, just... Uh, uh, this question of Satan versus free will, um, you know, uh, about God and every end. And if you, and if you do, and if you don't. Brandon, hold uh, it right there. We're coming up to a break. You can continue that on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Stay with us. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Before the break, we were talking to Brandon in Boston. Brandon, are you still with us? Still here, Mark. Yep. Okay. Continue with your comment. All right. Yeah. So you know, um, you know, it's, it's interesting that we give up one priesthood for another. Um, yeah. We both be right. Want to take you know one um, with a white lab coat, one with a black uh, coat. Yep. Um, and uh, they both want to take away your free will. But the question I have is that if you know we are free to to choose whether or not we want to um, follow those things, and that in there therein lies our um, our, uh, our our free will and our fate. Um, I think we can be fated and free. In the same, in the, kind of the same thing, we kind of um, it's kind of a tough uh, yeah, thing well, to figure well, there's out. There's only there's only one thing we are not free to do. We are not free to behave without consequence. We choose, and through our choice, our free will, we put our thoughts into action through behavior in our lives. But there are immutable laws that govern the consequences of those choices. 
So if you want to look at free will as a dialectic or a paradigm, a controlled paradigm in that sense and say, well, then it's ultimately an illusion. It, that's like, that's uh, splitting hairs, or I would say that's semantics. The, the free will choice still exists, but you, what you are not free to do is act without consequence. There are always going to be consequences because according to the laws of this universe, cause invariably precedes effect. There is a deterministic component within creation, and there is a randomness component within creation called free will. What we get to choose is how we will behave. We do not get to choose that there will be consequences for the way that we behave. That is pre, the, the laws that determine that outcome are predetermined. What we have to do is bring our consciousness up to the level of understanding such that we know how those laws operate, and therefore we will be able to align our decisions wisely with those laws and therefore we will not create self-inflicted suffering as a result of a poor choice so we still have free will but we don't have free will to act without consequence there are always consequences so i hope that clarifies at least my position on that yeah i i would agree um completely and and also um with some responsibility and uh and uh and you know to to weaken the, the other people who are suffering around Absolutely. us. Absolutely, know? that is the so, doing the great work, and that is so critically important. We do, if we understand how this dynamic works, we most certainly do take into ourselves personal responsibility to speak that truth and to share it with others, so that we call, can also help to elevate the consciousness of our fellow men and women. Gr- great point, Brandon. Thanks so much for the call. Really, uh, good insights That's there. Good work. Thank you. Thank you. You as well. Um, let's hear from uh, David in Boston. David, you're live on what on earth is happening. Uh, do you want to attempt to answer the trivia question uh, for an attempt to win uh, one free ticket to the St. Louis seminar? Um, well, that's not why I call, Mark. Okay. So uh, just go ahead and make your comment then or question. Yeah, like it's a comment and a question, Mark. I'd really be eager to uh to see how you come down on this because sure. uh i've only listened to your show a couple of times but i really already have come to respect your keen like spiritual acumen and uh uh anyways uh, i want your opinion on this but uh, let me spit it out here first so you sure. know what i'm talking about uh this past sunday mark was what the roman catholics call divine mercy sunday and uh pope john paul ii was canonized by Pope Francis, and now he is uh, known as Saint John Paul the Great. Now, um, John Paul II was beatified by his immediate successor, who was, you know, Cardinal Ratzinger, who became Pope uh, Benedict yes. uh, the Sixteenth. Yes, and and uh, it. it in all the centuries of the Roman Catholic history, it's unprecedented, Mark, that that a that a that a pope uh, would uh, beatify uh, a, a pope successor would uh, beatify uh, his immediate predecessor. It's unprecedented, okay. and, and then of course we we know that then then Pope Benedict, uh, Benedict the Sixteenth went on to mysteriously resign. Yes. Uh, yeah. Now, Some have speculated that was because of his uh, involvement in the cover-up of a lot of the Vatican sex crimes that took place uh, during his administration as a cardinal. 
Exactly. He was Pope John Paul II's right-hand man. But, Mark, we are asked to believe that Pope John Paul II, uh, during his... He wasn't pontiff for just a year or two. He was... He was the, uh, the, the so-called visible head of the Roman Catholic Church for over a quarter of a century. He had one of the longest pontificates, and we are asked to believe, uh, the Roman Catholic Church would have us believe, Mark, that Pope John Paul II, he never caught a clue. He didn't have a clue what was going on uh, during his pontificate and within his pontificate. He didn't have a clue about this global papal uh, yeah. pedophile ring. Yep. It, it was and a, if you believe was, that, I have a bridge in, in Brooklyn to sell you, as the saying goes. <laughs> yeah, well, you know how I say it, Mark. Not the Brooklyn. In, in Brooklyn, I say I, I have an indulgence. If, 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 if people believe that, I have an indulgence I'd like to sell you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So I, I, a uh, movie I highly recommend, a documentary, a film I highly recommend on this topic is Sex Crimes and the Vatican. It's extraordinarily disturbing when people watch this. I mean, they're going to be horrified by what they see, but you have to understand what's really going on within religious institutions on the face of the earth. And I would, I would postulate this is going on in all religions. It's not just Christianity. It, it's in Judaism. It's in Islam. It's in all religion because they're using a lot of these psychopaths who have infiltrated the religious institutions are using the people's trust to gain access to their children. I mean, let's face it, this is going on. Yeah. No. No, Mark, this is my suggestion uh, to, to Pope, to Pope uh, Francis. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, I don't know if he'll get wind of this, but I, I, I hope and pray that he does. But what my suggestion is, now that Pope John Paul II, now that he's officially uh, a saint John Paul the Great. Um, I would I would urge Pope Francis uh, um, to uh, designate him the patron saint of pedophiles. <laughs> yeah, and the reason I, the, the it would, reason be fit, I it would probably be fitting because, like you said, there's no way impossible that he knew during his papacy that uh, this was going on, that this was going on. There's no way he didn't know that this was going on. He right. obviously right. was in full awareness of it and allowed uh, the cardinals to perform the administrative duties of just moving a lot of these pedophilic priests to other uh, communities and, and also using Vatican money uh, filtered through, you know, uh, uh, banks uh, that the Vatican operates with like P2 Lodge, etc., and the bankers associated with them. Um, obviously filtered a lot of the Vatican money uh, to pay off uh, family members to uh, prevent them from uh, uh, pressing charges in their local communities. So David, uh, really great points that you've brought up. And yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. Maybe uh, he should be, uh, you know, uh, the saint of uh, 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 protecting the uh, pedophiles and their, their uh, you know, crimes. So uh, good points. Thanks for the call. Uh, I want to see if we can uh, get a winner for one of these tickets in... Um, in uh, St. Louis, I'm I'm really uh, anxious to have uh, uh, give another ticket away on the air. So let's uh, go to the phones in uh, the remainder of the show and see if we can get another winner for that. You're listening to what on earth is happening, ladies and gentlemen. Don't go anywhere. We don't need no thought 
Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Ladies and gentlemen, I have found a representation of the laugh of the Satanist that I was talking about. And it's not exact, but it's probably a... Um, it's it's close enough in spirit to how I heard a Satanist laughing at the police, the military, the mindless masses of the world because of how on their puppet strings through mind control, through the belief in their very systems of belief that they have people. And I haven't really tried this. Uh, I'm going to just try to play it over the air. I don't have a mechanism for just, you know, uh, uh, digitally playing this, but I think it'll translate through my uh, condenser microphone. If not, maybe I'll give it to my producer and uh, he could play it or put it somehow into the show where I, we could cue it maybe next week if it doesn't translate very well. But uh, here it goes. I'm going to try this for the first time and see how this translates over the air. This is a as close as I could find in a short amount of time to a the belly laugh that I heard a Satanist do at a ritual. This was probably back, I would have to guess, it was probably around 1996 or 7 or 8 or something like that. And um, again, he was laughing at a police officer, an off-duty cop who was guarding the ritual room or guarding the ritual house, I should say. Okay, here, here it goes. This is a Satanist's belly laugh laughing at someone who they call their dog. Like I said, that about sums it up in spirit. It may not have been exact, but it's close enough. And I'm telling you, that's how hard they're laughing at most people out there. That's how hard. Let's continue to go to your calls. Let's hear from Jason in Illinois. Jason, you're live on what on earth is happening. And the first question I'd like to ask before you get to your question or comment is, do you want to try to win the tickets to the St. A ticket to the St. Louis seminar? Sure. Yeah, I'd like to try. Okay, now you can attend, correct? Yeah, I live like two hours away. Great. Okay. The question was, name the four major Sabbaths or high holidays of the occult calendar and the seasons that they are associated with. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Walpurgis Night or Beltane? Or correct. Spring. That's correct. And then uh, Samhain or Halloween Yes. Uh, would be fall. Correct. And then Yule for winter? Or Saturnalia? I'm not sure. I think it's I think it's Yule, right? Uh no, I'm sorry. That that is not correct. That is one of the minor Sabbaths, which represents one of the lesser arms of the the solar cross. The the uh, high holidays or major Sabbaths uh follow okay. what is called the Galactic or Grand Cross and are the midpoints of the seasons. The the Yule um uh, holiday is uh, one of the um, solstice celebrations, which is of the lesser cross. So I'm sorry, that's not the correct answer, but a very good attempt. So thank you. All and right. uh, I'll let you get to your question or comment now. Uh, sure. Um, 
I was going to ask you about the, the relationship between, like, the Gnostic philosophy and American Indian philosophy, like, or spirituality. And then well, I have a second um, question. Yeah, I, I, a second question that's related. Um, what do you, what's your, since I noticed that you had long hair, yes. I was wondering if you, like, if you think there's some kind of relationship to long hair and intuition. Okay, two interesting questions. I, I would say... I'm not aware of a direct connection to uh, from the Gnostic uh, tradition and the Native American traditions. I know, of course, one developed in the ancient Middle East and one uh, is uh, native to the Western Hemisphere. But I wouldn't discount that there may be some overlap in their philosophies there. Uh, I would say where they would differ is in their overarching view of nature. To me, the Gnostic ideology, while I agree with many points of it, um, is uh, very dark in its view of what the nature of the universe is, and many Gnostics believe that the Demiurge, or a dark god, or, or dark form of consciousness, rules the entire universe, and the, the universe is one of these, uh, you know, hellish constructs, like a constructural prison for the soul that we have mm -hmm. to somehow transcend or escape from. I do not subscribe to that worldview. I think it's a very imbalanced part of the, uh, some of the Gnostics ideology. Not all Gnostics think like that, but many do. Um, whereas I feel that a lot of the spirituality of Gnosticism, they do have on point and correct. Um, and I would say that uh, the Native American philosophy definitely takes a more integral or integrated view of nature and sees it as a more holistic mechanism, which I tend to gravitate more to in uh, at least the worldview of uh, nature or the universe is concerned. So um, uh, it would be interesting to look into uh, deeper connections between those two philosophies or, or belief <clears throat> systems, but I wouldn't specifically tell you that there is any uh, direct connections or any that I could speak to. That's the first part. Uh, that's my first answer. The second one was regarding long hair. Uh, to yeah. me, long hair is a symbol of uh, ma maintenance of a part of you that is of a feral nature. I'm not going to be tamed, okay? I... Mm -hmm do integrate the animalistic component of the, the, the psychology and the personality. And while I integrate that component, I also integrate the higher consciousness. So it's that concept of the um, the serpent and the dove. It's that concept of, you know, the higher form of consciousness integrated and married and wed to the form of consciousness that is going to be willing to defend itself if provoked or attacked. Um, I don't, I see it. Let's put it this way. If long hair were the style, I'd shave my head bald. Okay. So <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's a, a nonconformist approach to what is the status quo condition. And also taking a razor to one's face is all about, you know, uh, being tamed, being, you know, t putting a tie around your neck. It's all about being tamed, being demasculinized, being, um, de taking the feral aspect of the nature away and, uh, basically bringing someone into a condition that is, uh, more, um, domesticated. It's a, it's a, uh, um, demasculization and it, it, and turning someone into somebody, who, so, uh, a male who is more emasculate emasculated. And, uh, I would say it's about, uh, ultimately domesticating someone. So, um, I've left my hair long in the sort of spirit of rebellion that, that came with, uh, my, my origins in being in the, the rock and, and metal community when I was young, when I was in my youth, those are the preferred, uh, you know, musical approaches yeah. that I enjoyed because of its rebellious 
attitude and, and its rebellious nature. I still prefer those types of music because of those qualities. And, uh, you know, I always like to see more conscious bands coming up that are integrating, you know, positive lyrics and uh, talking about mind control, talking about the uh, the uh, agendas, the dark agendas that are at work and, and promoting human freedom to get past those agendas and to defeat them. So um, long hair was about that to me. I don't really see any kind of mystical or magical qualities you know, you to like it. Mystical reason like the Rastafarians or the Sikhs or Native Americans, you yeah. see, and you're like... Yeah, I can understand that they had those beliefs. I don't necessarily subscribe to those beliefs about long hair. Uh, to me, it's more of the effect as it is as it is seen that, you know, uh, I'm not domesticated. And like I said, if everybody was wearing long hair, I'd probably take a razor to my head and shave it completely bald, just to do the opposite. Have you ever heard of the, the urban legend or whatever? I don't know what it is, but supposedly during Vietnam, uh, the military used uh, Native Americans as trackers. Hmm. And then uh, when they got their first military-issued haircut, they they lost their tracking ability. Interesting. Very interesting. Know, they blamed it on intuition. I, I mean, I don't know if this is a true story or not, but... I know I do know many Native Americans do take the long hair uh, seriously and do uh, believe that it somehow does imbue them with certain uh, characteristics or qualities. Once again, I, that is their belief system. I don't know whether I would say I uh, agree or think the same way, but uh, you know, my take on it was it's a, it's a done in the spirit of rebellion, as far as I'm concerned. I wonder if there's some kind of ancient connection, maybe to like uh, Samson in the yeah. Bible and stuff. Uh, I, I would say there may very well be, and it is definitely certain people's belief system that it has some kind of magical or, um, you know, imbues some type of quality or, or capability. Uh, once again, I don't know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I definitely believe in that, but uh, I wouldn't totally dismiss it and just rule it out entirely. Uh, I, it's something I would probably want to look further into. Okay. Well, thank you, Mark. Absolutely. Good questions. All right, All right, so let's go to Raphael in Indiana. Raphael, you are live. Uh, actually, hold that because we're coming up to another break. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back with the last segment of the show for this evening. Stay with us. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening, last segment of the show for this evening. And it seems like I can't give these tickets away. Come on, we need a winner here. Um, somebody win one of these tickets, make me feel good uh, before the show is over. Maybe I need to make the question questions easier. I thought these were fairly easy. Uh, it's material I've covered on the show before. Um, but, uh, let's try to get a winner going here. Um, Raphael in Indiana, you're live on what on earth is happening. Welcome. And would you like to try to make an attempt to win the uh, ticket for, uh, the seminar in St. Louis? Um, sorry, Mark, I will not be, um, trying for a ticket tonight no worries uh you can continue with your question or comment then um i just want to say powerful powerful presentation as always mark um Thank you. i'm not 
I'm not sure if your listeners are aware or realize, but uh, you know, really appreciate that you're on the side of truth because the flip side is pretty scary thought, and just want to thank you for that. I appreciate that. I'm doing what I can do. So uh, if everyone just chipped in and, and did that and uh, put the word out there to people, maybe we could change the dynamic on this planet and uh, build a world that's truly worth living in in the future. And we truly appreciate it, Mark. Um, I, I came across uh, kind of like a comment. It was like a it's like a, a, a quote, so to speak. It's from Bruce Lee, and I, I thought it fit perfectly of what tonight's presentation you gave. Um, it says... Uh, because one does not want to be disturbed, to be made uncertain, he establishes a pattern of conduct, of thought, a pattern of relationship to man, etc. Then he becomes a slave to the pattern and takes the pattern to be the real thing. Wow, very profound. V- very profound and very appropriate for what I was uh, speaking about this evening. Uh, great quote. And uh, Bruce Lee was a great individual. Yeah, and, and you just, you know... Ironically or synchronistically, I came across it uh, this Thursday, and uh, I thought it was fantastic. You know, and uh, today's presentation is the epitome of what that is about. Oh, absolutely, great point. Uh, and uh, again, uh, bringing up uh, definitely an, an individual who uh, had some deep understanding going for himself uh, in the way of Bruce Lee, for sure. And you know, just just from everything you've talked about, I grew up in that same upbringing as yourself, and. Uh, you know, people, you know, that right brain as far as, you know, it is God's plan and, and we're, we're here, you know, to serve his His will. And, and in that regards, I comment nowadays from, you know, listening to your show, it's like, so then we're just here as mindless slaves and puppets for no yeah. full purpose or free will. Yeah, just accept slavery because that's what God wants for the human species, don't you know? You know, that's that's what kind of a God I guess these people believe in. You know, a God who wants slavery to be in place for his own creations. That makes a whole lot of sense to me. I don't know, you know. It's amazing that people can actually think like that. One last comment, Mark. I was uh, contemplating, you know, I've been going through your podcast. I jumped around. I started all over again, a third way through taking notes and going through stuff and everything. And, 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 you know, it dawned on me there's this popular TV show. It's called The Walking Dead. And it has these zombies. And and I started thinking about it. It's like, are they really talking about the zombies? Or are they talking not. about the people? Of course. <laughs> exactly. It's an allegory. It's, an al- yeah. it's allegorical symbolism. They're saying we are surrounded by the walking dead. You know, these are about people that have lost their mind, that have absolutely no ability to think, that have completely abandoned reason, that have completely abandoned rational thought, that have completely abandoned free will. You know, that have certainly completely abandoned truth and an understanding of natural law. Without and, any and question, like they're yeah. like you said, they're belly laughing and thinking that these people are, are, you know, talking about the zombies, and in fact, they're talking about them. That's <laughs> right. That's right. When people are watching that, what they are, what those zombies represent, is the majority of the human population out there in the world. Absolutely, it's a it's a spiritual allegory in many ways, you know, and it it's showing what people. Uh, the will that they're going to have to use to transcend this, and then many of the things that, that they're going to do that are completely imbalanced and that are and that are completely completely out of harmony with natural law as a result of uh, you know this level of imbalance that we have let the world fall into, you know. So it's I think it's a good allegorical story, you know. Uh, I've actually um, I've actually engaged in reading the the graphic novel for the purpose of uh you know breaking into that allegory and decoding it a little bit and uh 
it's it's very disturbing and very graphically violent uh, depictions of things. But uh, I think there's some profound statements that are made within it as well about you know what human beings are going to do when survival is at stake, what human beings are going to do when they're surrounded by total unconsciousness. It's uh, uh, definitely an interesting uh, allegorical account, and I totally agree with you. It's not about zombies. It's not just a fictional thing. It is an allegory about humans who have completely abandoned their faculties for reason. Definitely. And, and, I, and that's honestly what all your podcasts do in your information. It enlightened us with information where you've talked about in the past where you, you start that trek on that hill. And once you're halfway through, or not even once you're on that path and you look back at the level, base level, and you see all these people there, it's like at that state of consciousness where they're at. It's just like, really? Right, right. Absolutely great points, you know, because that's what that's what our job is to do. We have to enlighten these people to transmute them out of that zombified condition, to get them back to a point where they're able to think on their own, you know? It's not about doing it for them. It's about working, you know, a muscle that has been completely atrophied and these people have been turned into something that's not really their nature. We need to go and help them to build that muscle up again, so to speak, and, you know, start to do things for themselves, research into things for themselves, start working on themselves. We have to be an assistant in that process for people who want to, you know, listen to more about that process, which is known as the true great work. Uh, I just did a two part series with uh, Bob from Cincinnati on that, on his, uh, show occult empire. It's on my news section. So Raphael, thank you for the uh, great points that you've made there. Uh, thanks for the call. Let's see if we can get a winner for the tickets in St. The ticket in St. Louis. Let's hear from John in South Carolina. John, you're live on what on earth is happening. Welcome. And do you want to attempt to win a ticket to the, uh, seminar I'll be presenting in, uh, St. Louis, Missouri? Uh, Mark, I'll have to pass on that. I'm in South Carolina, and it's a little little far for me, my friend. No worries. What do you have for us this evening? Uh, I have a question for you that's sort of bothering me, Mark, and sure. uh, I want to see what you think about it. I was watching one of your tapes. It's been six or seven months ago, and it was on numerology. Mm-hmm. And you gave the demonstration where you were decoding the 1776 dates with the three triangles yes. Yes. using Gematra. Uh, yes. And... Uh, Anyhow, about a week ago, I found a video on the net that a kid had found of uh, two triads uh, constructed in New York on the World Trade Center site. In other words, they're, they're steel structures. They're made to be steel to stand alone, and there's two of them. And then on the same site, he's got a picture of that plane that was hijacked. And it's, uh, you know, I think it was flight 730 or 370. Right. And it's 777, and it's got a picture of a triad on it. So that's three triads. And I was thinking the three triads, three triangles, the three sevens on the top, and the 666 on the bottom. Right. It was just too convenient sounding for me. Now, I'm a, you know, I'm a layperson on this, but it just it looked too convenient to me. Is that, am I on the right direction on this? It sounds interesting. I can't really speak to this because I haven't seen this article or this image that you're talking about. Maybe if you want to email it to me, I'll take a look at it and I can give you my take on it at another time. But uh, since I haven't seen it, I really honestly can't speak to that right now. Okay, so, I, I emailed it to you a couple of weeks ago. You may have skipped past it, but I'll send you another copy. 
tonight. Yeah, do, do that. I will attempt to take a look at it. And uh, uh, I apologize. I mean, my email is so out of control. It's, it's difficult for me to even stay in touch with people that it is very important for me to stay in touch with. Uh, and I get bombarded with so many questions and comments on a weekly basis. It's very, very difficult to manage. And I don't have an assistant, a secretary or anything like that. It's just me. So to go through hundreds and hundreds of emails is, can be a daunting task. So bear with me on that, but send it again. And I will endeavor to take a look at it and uh, get back to you with some take on it. Uh, if there's something there to, to, to see. So, uh, thanks, thanks so much for bringing that to my attention, John. Uh, and thanks uh, for your call. So uh, let's hear from, um, Bill in Idaho. Bill, you are live on what on earth is happening. Welcome. And my first question is, do you want to attempt to win uh, a free ticket to my seminar in St. Louis? I would love to, and yet at the same time have no opportunity, but I'll study up on the issue. No worries, Bill. And Bill, I'm so sorry to have to cut you off like this. Call in the next show. We're out of time for this show, ladies and gentlemen. Um, uh, There's uh, only two mistakes anybody can make on the path to truth, ladies and gentlemen, not starting and not going all the way. That's all the time we have for this edition of What on Earth is Happening. We'll see you right here next week.